Welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Lignato. I'm an astrologer, psychic medium, and animal communicator, and I'm going to give you your weekly horoscope and no bullshit mystical advice for living your very best life. So, Maria, welcome to Ghost of a Podcast. What would you like your reading about today? Yeah, so I have a problem with partying. And it's basic, it goes basically like this, that I'm like super excited about going to a party and meeting people and having fun and dancing. Well, before I, I'm preparing myself to go, I feel like really anxious and almost like I don't want to go. And then I'm, yeah, I'm really confused about that. And anyways, because I'm like, I, I want to have a good time. Um, but then, yeah, the party ends up being not so fun and I use drugs or drink a lot and then yeah to numb my anxiety and um yeah so and it works right it does it does numb your anxiety it yeah it does it does Mm -hmm. work okay and then let me ask a couple things the Mm -hmm. first one is do like all your friends parties that a big part of your social world no so that's yeah that's the other thing I I don't have a friend group. I have friends all over. And so some of my friends don't want like to party. Some of my friends like to party, but not the same kind of parties as me. So yeah, so I end up going alone sometimes or sometimes with somebody I don't really connect that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that makes sense. So another question I have is, are you concerned about your substance use or is that not part of the question? Um it's not so much part of the questions, the question, but um, I, it's really hard for me in that situation not to drink, even though I really, really don't want to. Mm. Yeah. Okay. And then when you drink, do you like black out or anything like that? Uh, it does not happen that often, but it, it, it could. So last time I partied, it, that happened that I blacked uh, out. Yeah. Okay. That must be why I'm seeing it. Okay. You know, I just want to like start by saying what you've described is very normal. It's like very, I think it's a pretty universal problem for not like everybody has it, but I think it makes sense. But the second that I first read your question and you talked about the anxiety of going out, I was like, okay, so where is Neptune? That was my first thought um, because Neptune is the kind of first planet that I think of that's associated with anxiety. Uranus is the second, but Neptune's the first. And of course, in your chart, Neptune and Uranus sit right on top of each other. You were born November 25th, 1991, 9 p.m. in Vienna, Austria. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, people born in the early 90s, you all have this Uranus-Neptune uh, conjunction in Capricorn. And the thing that's really interesting in your chart is that you have those planets plus Saturn and Aquarius all in the sixth house and the sixth house is your body as much as it is work and other things. And so when something is not right for you, you feel physical anxiety. Is that mm-hmm. correct? It's physical. Yes. Right? Yeah. Yes. And so your system starts being like, oh, I can't. And then you're likely to hold your breath, not mm-hmm. breathe, which makes everything worse in the body. Uh, and the truth of the matter is, if you're feeling really anxious and you pour alcohol on it or uh, eat the right drugs, you will feel less anxious. 
but that doesn't mean it's medicating the anxiety effectively. It just means it's smooshing it down. And so before I kind of get into it, I also want to acknowledge you're a Sagittarius with a Leo rising. Yeah. You like to go out and have fun. You like adventures. You want to do weird shit and you want it to be like dynamic and, and playful and yeah, you want it to be active, right? Yeah. Not only is that true, but you've got a sun Mars conjunction. It's out of sign, which means you've Mars and Scorpio and the sun and Sag, but they're conjunct in the fifth house, which is just like, yeah, you want to go to a rave. Uh, you really want to go to a rave. You want to go where people are dancing and like weird flirting can happen, like intrigue can happen. You want to be somewhere where things are moving fast and uh, the vibe is kind of intense. That, that all makes sense for you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> the trouble is look at your Cancer moon in the 12th house. Your Cancer moon in the 12th house is like, yeah, but I don't feel safe in those environments. Yeah, no. And you've got Venus at the bottom of the chart. It's in the third house conjunct the IC, which means you love being home. Your home is pretty. Like you've got like a nice sanctuary home. And when push comes to shove, you're comfortable on the couch. And those two parts of you are present all the time, just like these other parts of you that are like, yeah, I'm a fucking Leo rising. I'm a Sagittarius. I want to go and I want to have fun. And so it's unsurprising to me that you consistently want to go out and play and you consistently don't want to go out and play. And then you force yourself to go out and play and you have mixed experiences. I mean, I'm guessing it's sometimes really fun and you meet people and like, it's good for you as well as it being not good. Correct. Yes. Yeah. I just remember that. Yeah. I do have good times as well, but most often not. So like the anxiety is just always there also when I have a good time, but yeah, mostly it's annoying. It's so annoying. Yeah. 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 I'm so sorry. This is where we get into the real thing about your question, which is your body is telling you very clearly what is safe and what is not safe for you, what you want and what you don't want. And you're like, fuck you, body. I'm a Sagittarius. I do what I want. Uh, You're not listening to yourself. And then you're having these experiences where you're powering through so that you can have fun, which is not fun. No. Right. You know, the thing about substance use, and it looks like you can kind of play with lots of different substances. It doesn't look like you just drink or just, just do drugs. But the thing about substance use is it's really effective. If you drink, you'll have less social anxiety. Yes. You'll dance longer if you take certain drugs for sure. But it doesn't, it's not soothing and it's not repairing. Yeah, no. And I, I really, I also don't really like it, especially drinking. I, I don't like it. I don't feel good afterwards. I, I really hate it actually. But yeah. you do it. Yeah. Weekly or multiple times a week? No, 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 no. Just, just when I, when I want to party and that's, yeah, become less and less and less. So maybe two times a month, three times okay. a month, four okay. times max. Mm-hmm. So it's either once a week or every other week. Yeah. Okay. So here's some fun, fun facts about your birth chart. Neptune in the sixth house can mean that you're very escapist. Like you want to leave your body. You want to leave material reality because material reality is hard. But that Neptune placement 
indicates that your system is incredibly sensitive to substances and to environments. Mm -hmm. So if you go into an environment where everyone's fucked up or buzzed, it's almost like you feel like you have to get buzzed in order to tolerate the energy of where you are. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, your body, as you get older, you will find likes this less and less and less because you can have all of the negative consequences, right? So whatever, hangovers, exhaustion, you know, you're draining your serotonin levels. So it's like more depressiveness. Mm -hmm. And let's add to that. You have Saturn in the sixth house, which makes you especially sensitive to like blood sugar stuff, which is part of why alcohol is not your buddy because Mm -hmm. it just spikes your, your blood sugar amongst other things. And then there's a crash. The other thing is that you do want to have fun, but the way Mm -hmm. that you're going about having fun isn't actually fun. Yeah. And it's weird because if all your friends were doing it, I'd be like, okay, so I get why you're doing it. But it sounds like you're going pretty far out of your way socially to like have fun in a way that is not fun for you. And this comes back to Neptune and Uranus being so close to each other. There's this feeling of like, I don't want to be a bummer. I don't want to be too serious. I know I want to dance. I know I want to be in like a fun, chaotic environment and be spontaneous. And so you're kind of doing it in the way that you know, instead of in a way that works. Yeah. Okay. And my guess is that this is a pattern that plays itself out in other ways of your life and not oh, just definitely. around this. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, yeah. yes. And again, this is part of why I felt like this was such a good question for the podcast mm-hmm. because you know, it's, it's important to talk about this thing that you do, but this thing that you're doing, it's like a symptom of a larger issue for you. It's not like the thing. I mean, it can become the thing if you keep on, you know, doing things that are bad for you, but the underlying issue is how can you find a way to be your fiery, passionate, weird, playful self, no negative connotation on weird, How can you find all those things that don't cost you shit you don't want to pay? I have to ask, are you, and this might sound super weird, but like you dance obviously for fun, but do you dance? Like do you take dance classes or like dance in a group or anything like that? Yeah, I I tried to, but I I struggle finding a, a class that suits me and I'm tried different classes but also there my anxiety sometimes is too high and I need to take breaks and I don't I did some contact dancing and stuff like that and and I can't yeah yeah it's, it's difficult so there's a couple things I'll say to that the first is with that Mars Sun conjunction we're not talking about partner dancing it's part of why yeah. raves you mentioned raves right I'm not making yeah. that up it's part yeah. of why raves work because everyone's there dancing together but completely alone and that's yeah. your vibe sun mars mm-hmm. conjunction is like it's really about you doing you mm-hmm. and so first of all partner dancing contact dancing out like this is not yeah. gonna work for you the other thing is there's a certain amount of anxiety that you have that is just your personality. And it's not like a sign that you're doing something wrong. And then there's a certain amount of anxiety you have that is your body saying, this is not working for me. And that's the core thing that we need to unpack. Right. But I do want to say, and I don't know, I mean, are you still in Vienna? Yes. Okay. I don't know if they have straight edge parties or if straight edge parties are even a thing anymore. Do you know what that is? No. (laughs) Yeah. 
straight edge parties are basically like raves and parties where everyone's sober. So being straight edge is like mm-hmm. not, not using basically. That's what that means. Again, I don't know if it's a thing anymore, but you might want to look for, first of all, raves and parties that are specifically like sober or straight edge. I don't know what the word would be where people aren't using. I do want to throw that in the mix. I also okay. want to encourage you to look for dance classes that are less about like being a dance troupe and more about a bunch of people just letting go. Mm-hmm. I also would say that sun Mars conjunction can get into some fun, weird shit. Like um, it's a bow and arrow, uh, yeah. you know, okay. what? archery, archery, archery. Mm-hmm. like you could get into archery. You could get into like, there's a lot of kind of odd things that you could find really fun that are mm-hmm. about you being with your body and doing something dynamic it's social still but it's not about partnering with people mm-hmm. and i do want to encourage you to be interested in what else you could do that's physical and fun that you would really get a lot of pleasure out of because again i think that that's an important thing is when you identify oh this isn't working for me there is this way because you do have so much Capricorn and Scorpio and Leo Mm -hmm. in your chart that you can be like, well, I'll find the next thing. And if the next thing doesn't work, you're like, well, forget it. It didn't work. I'm done. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's a need for you to cultivate curiosity. Like what are the things that I like about going to raves? Like, why is it that I get excited about them? Write Mm -hmm. a list. I know that's super boring, but like write a list of all the things and then look for other activities that satiate those same things. And then from that place, you can start to explore what's my anxiety that tells me this is wrong for me versus my anxiety that tells me I'm scared of being around people or like doing shit. And it's mainly about being around people, eh? The anxiety. Yes. Yes. And, And it's also like when I hear you talk about, yeah, exploring what I, I enjoy it's some, I was like thinking, um, it's so funny because I want to go mostly to these raves because I think like, oh, they're so cool. The people are cool there, but I don't really like those people. <laughs> it's just like, not that I don't, don't like them, but it's, they, they make me anxious. And yeah. I'm just like, oh, but I want to be like them. I want to go there because they're so cool. But it's actually not, yeah, really fun for me to be around them. Yeah. So let's get into that. So you've got this Venus at the bottom of the chart, as I mentioned, it's squared mm-hmm. to Uranus and to Neptune. And so do you like weirdos? Fuck yeah. You like weirdos. You like people who are living on the outside of shit. And it's not just aesthetic. You like the value systems of rejecting so much of what's conventional. That makes sense? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The trouble is Neptune because Venus square Neptune is you can put these people on a pedestal and assume that because they dress a certain way, dance a certain way, go to certain places, that means they share values with you. Yeah. And part of why you like this group of people, or at least you think you like this group of people, is because you you associate an aesthetic with a set of values. Mm-hmm. And the truth of the matter is that is not a thing. You yeah. know, at one point it might have been a thing a little bit more, but in this day and age, it is not a yeah. thing. And that it makes you feel like what's wrong with me that I'm not happy with with people that I thought I would be happy with yeah. instead of, oh, shit these people don't make me happy. It's kind of like if you try on a pair of jeans and they make your ass look bad 
And then you think, oh my God, I have a terrible ass instead of, oh my God, these are terrible genes for my ass. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And I want to give you this metaphor to remember (laughs) because of all the genes in the world, they make your body look and feel a million different ways, which tells you it's about fit. It's not about inherently about the clothes or about you. It's about the fit. And so the same thing is true with people and places and your Venus Neptune square tends to idealize others, place them on a pedestal and assume that it's your fault if it doesn't work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like, yeah. Because you have this Chiron ascendant conjunction and a moon Saturn opposition, this keys into early childhood stuff. This is like, we could go deep into your family Mm. stuff. And that makes sense to you, eh? Yeah. Yeah. So we don't need to do that in this conversation unless that feels helpful. But what I do want to acknowledge is as we're unpacking this, you can see that this is not really about the surface thing of partying. What it's really about is the ways in which you were trained as a child and then have taken on this kind of method of ignoring your feelings, ignoring Mm -hmm. your lived experience and powering through even when you have evidence that this is not working for you. Yeah. Okay. So. I don't want to lose track of you are fun. You want to have fun and you want to have fun through your body. Like you, that we don't want to pathologize that we want, we don't want to lose that because you are fun and you want to have fun and the world is burning. So let's have some fun in the ways you can. But as soon as you get to a place and you realize, I thought this was going to be fun and it's not fun. Then the funnest thing you can do is bounce, AKA leave. Yeah. And there are parts of your chart that say to you, that's a failure. You're failing. If you have to go, it's a failure. And this is where I want you to come back to the jeans, because if the jeans aren't fitting, you take them off. You don't buy them. You don't wear them. Right. Same thing with places. The next time you decide you're going to go to a party and then you go to the party and you're like, this is stupid. Why am I here? Do not drink. Do not do anything that will numb you out so that you can stay. Instead, be like, oh, shit. I have to go home. And if I want to dance, I have to dance alone. Like I have to just go home and dance, Yeah, which is fun for you. No. Yeah. I do that. (laughs) Yeah. I see that. It's fun for you. Sun Mars Mm. conjunction is really can be very much about dance and about combat, which is why I was like archery. The tricky thing is because of your Venus square to Neptune, you wouldn't like, I wouldn't recommend like you know, boxing or doing like capoeira or any kind of like combat where you're touching people because your mm-hmm. Venus Neptune squares, like that's mean. I don't want to be mean. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that's so true. Yeah. Which is a shame because your sun Mars conjunction would love to be mean, like absolutely <laughs> love it. So this is where, you know, dancing your, your face off is like kind of your sweet spot because mm-hmm. you bring yourself to a state of exhaustion through like being playful and having fun. Mm-hmm. And that's a yes. It's these environments that are a no. Now, I have to ask, do you date dudes? Uh, not only. Okay. Um, yeah, I identify as queer, so I date. Um, All the genders. Yeah. All the genders. Respect, the respect. So my question for you is when you go to these parties or rapes, are you meeting people to date? Like, are you hooking up? Are you like meeting people to flirt with or date? Yes. Okay. Sometimes. And it's, and these are queer environments. So all the genders are there. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Now we're getting to it too. So they're queer Mm -hmm. environments where you're meeting people who are dateable theoretically. Mm -hmm. Okay. 
because that's part of this, is it not? Yeah. Yeah. It's the silent part. Why you didn't mention that part is fascinating to me because I feel like it's a big part. No, it is. Yeah. And I, the part of me, why, why I don't mention it is I, I feel ashamed of it a little bit. I don't know why, but I'm like, Oh, that is so pathetic. (laughs) Oh shit. Okay. This is what we need to be talking about. So wherever we have shame, we act out against ourselves. Let's start there. I mean, some people have shame and they act out against others, but you know, you got a moon in the 12th house. So you're going to act out against yourself. So I want to just from a broad perspective, say there is no shame in going places where people that you could have vibe with live or party. Mm -hmm. That is, it seems like a good strategy to me. Yeah. There's no, no shame there, but it's not working. Right. Yeah, no, it's not working. No, it's not working. Mm-hmm. And it, it and that's why it's also like why I think it's so pathetic or it's annoying me because so much of it is about that. And I'm like, it's not working. It's not, it's not working. Good. It is, yeah, it's not working for a couple reasons. So listen, do you hook up? Like, are you somebody who can like hit it and quit yeah. it? Yeah. OK, good. well, no, hit it and quit it. Not so much. But yeah, at the party making out that. Yes. OK, yeah. so. Making out on a dance floor is like your happiness. Yes. It is so fun for you. It is not a a reliable uh, step towards a relationship. Mm -hmm. It's a reliable step towards having a fun, random experience. You Venus square Uranus, that is great for you. Sun Mars conjunction in the fifth house, that is great for you to get out there, find someone, hunt them down or let them hunt you down and make a thing happen. Joy pure, Mm -hmm. pure joy, right? I'm not going to take that from you. That is good. However, the annoying thing about being post Saturn return, and you are now post Saturn return is the shit that works in your twenties when you're pre Saturn return, AKA in the adult part of our childhood, it doesn't work once you hit your Saturn return. So the last like Mm -hmm. four years, it hasn't been working for you even though it may have worked really well before that. Does that make sense from what you've experienced? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry because here we go. You know, it's like the rest of your life here. It's not going to work the same way. So that doesn't mean that you can't do this anymore. It means this is a like, you're in a fucking mood and you know you want to go out and make a thing happen or like be open to something happening and you spontaneously go to the party. That's where you actually will end up having fun. Mm. But that's like 12% of the time. It's a very specific number I said, but it's what showed up in in my head. I just see it's like a tiny (laughs) percentage of the time. It's not like 1%, but it's definitely not 15% either. Okay. Small percentage of the time. So we come back to anxiety because the problem with anxiety, I mean, there's so many problems with anxiety, but a big problem with anxiety for you is that you feel anxious and overwhelmed. And I know this sounds weird, but it it looks like you feel kind of like dizzy. Like, does it it make sense to you? Okay. Um, It looks like you feel dizzy. And so what happens is you really like pull away from your body. You recoil from your body, like a reflex. And through the process of that, you are abandoning yourself. You are leaving yourself alone in your anxiety. What's worse is that it's like your brain goes offline. Like you, you have a hard time staying focused, mm-hmm. um, which is weird because you're a very 
self-focused person in many ways. You're very smart. You're very inquisitive. But when anxiety becomes like physical for you, your brain just feels, and I don't mean phys- like your physical brain, like I'm not a doctor, obviously, but I'm saying like your mind is just, I don't know how to describe what I'm, what I'm seeing for you, but it's like, um, it's like your it's mind. shut down somehow. Yeah. yeah it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's weird. And, and mm. it feels like being adrift a little bit. So hold on, let's see what we can do with this. Bear with me. Will you say your full name out loud? Maria. You're missing a name. Mm. what's your mom's maiden last name better were you not raised with your dad i was but um when i was born they weren't married so my name on my birth first birth certificate it's maria okay okay that's why Mm -hmm. i'm seeing it that way thank you Mm -hmm. i see okay you are so tied in with your parents it's intense do you talk Mm -hmm. to them yeah yeah and your mom has an anxiety issue I think she does. Yes. Around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I do too. Around people. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think she made some decisions early in her life around limiting her life so mm-hmm. that she wouldn't have to experience the anxiety. And that's part of why you're not doing that because you're, you're not wanting to let your anxiety stop you, which I love. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. the way you're approaching it is not working, um, yeah. but it doesn't mean that you can't work with this because you are very intuitive. I don't know if you're psychic or not. That doesn't matter. People get really weird about that word. Part of what you're experiencing when you're experiencing anxiety is fear around uncertainty, around the unknown. Part of what you're experiencing when you're experiencing anxiety is fear that you're not going to be able to take care of yourself and then it's going to be bad. And so you're freaking out because you don't know what to do. Mm-hmm. And then part of what you're experiencing is overwhelm as you become flooded by other people's energies and emotions. Yeah. And they're all interconnected because you don't know how to take care of yourself around that. And Mm -hmm. you don't know if you even can. And so there's more of the shutdown and like pull back, which again, intensifies this confusion and overwhelm. And so one bit of advice is if you are going to continue to go out to parties, which of course is not a great idea, but whatever, like realistically, mm-hmm. if you're going to continue to do it, 45 minutes of dancing or serious physical activity before you go mm-hmm. so that you get in your body. I have a, a cheat for getting in the body. It's very simple. Say your full name out loud in your head three times. And mm-hmm. you have to say your first name, your mother's maiden name and your whatever government name. Yeah. Yeah. Say all three of those names because your Mm -hmm. mom's maiden name is very strong for you. Mm -hmm. When you start to feel anxious or start to be like, oh shit, like I'm I'm feeling really confused. Say your full name out loud in your head three times and set the intention that when you do that, you're calling your energy back into your body. It won't automatically get other people's energies out of your body and it won't empower you to like magically not feel any anxiety, but it will give you a little bit more strength. So right now, are you feeling as, because I was feeling your anxiety pretty intensely just like a couple minutes ago. Are you feeling less of that right now? Yes. Yeah. That's what I was like, is it me or is it you? Okay, good. You're feeling Mm -hmm. that. And it's because we've validated what you're experiencing as real. Mm. So again, it's about ownership of self. When I see you going out to party, it's like, you really just like you're gone. Like you leave yourself in the bathroom of your house and you go out Mm. 
And I don't know why I'm seeing the bathroom. I don't know if it's because you're like getting ready and through the process of getting ready, you get more and more anxious. And so yeah. you're like, you're gone at that point. And if that's the case, what I want to encourage you to do is ask yourself, why am I feeling anxious? And, oh, I see your answer is always, I don't know. That's not true though. You do know. Okay. Hold on. Bear with me. I'm going to get there. I'm going to get there. Okay. Instead of asking yourself why, why you feel anxious, I want you to promise yourself when you start to feel anxious, if I am there and I am anxious for 20 minutes, I leave. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is every once in a while you dance your ass off 20 minutes later, you're still having fun. You forgot you were anxious. Fine. You could dance for an hour, then get anxious. You give yourself 20 minutes once you notice you're anxious and then you bounce, you leave. What this is doing is building trust in your relationship to yourself. Yeah. And that will yeah. change your anxiety. When, when you said um, that I'm saying that I don't know why I'm anxious, mm -hmm. I think, yeah, and you're right. I do know because, but it's, I don't want to accept it. I, it's just that I already know that I will not have fun and, and I actually, actually don't want to go. Right. Right. Yeah. That's so exactly what it the, is. This feeling that I'm like already like, no, I, I know I don't want to go. I know I don't want to go and mm -hmm. I will not have fun. I just know it, but I'm, I also want to have fun and let's try <laughs> anyways. So, so that's the thing. It's like, you know, the next time this happens and first of all, you know, again, look for other parties, right? Yeah. But the next time this happens, if you're just going to go anyways, 20 minutes max, that's, mm -hmm. that's the new rule. Mm -hmm. And If you decide I'm like anxious and I realize I don't want to go, still get dressed up, cutify the self, mm -hmm. and then see if there's something else you can do because yeah. there might be something else you can do. Where you live, there's lots of queer spaces, no? Yeah, there are some queer bars and yeah. Are there queer spaces that are inclusive or is it like gay men's bars and there's like lesbian bars and there's not a lot of things that are queer spaces? I don't know. I don't, I don't really know the scene so well i just it happens that i i don't know see on social media that there is a party or something and then i go to this party i, I know people that are going somewhere and i like them mm -hmm. i yeah. just decide really randomly when okay I, that, I mean that's kind of your thing though right like yeah. you want it yeah. to be random that's mm -hmm. part of the fun of it i'm gonna give you homework and it's to find lots of different kinds of parties that are queer or at least queer-ish mm -hmm. and challenge yourself once a month to go someplace you've never gone before. And mm -hmm. if you feel anxious 20 minutes into it, you leave and okay. it's not a waste of time and it's not a failure. It's okay. a triumph. Mm -hmm. Listening to yourself is a triumph. And if we go back yeah. to your mom, again, not to get too much into that, but she doesn't listen to herself. She doesn't trust herself. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Yeah. Yes. And Instead, what she does is makes her life smaller and smaller and smaller to try to control how she feels. And what you've done is blown all the walls and the ceiling off your house mm -hmm. in efforts to stay big, mm -hmm. but having the same, ex the same consequence of your mom building too small of a room to live in. It's like the opposite instead of different. Mm -hmm. In other words, it's an anxiety strategy. Within this, it's about developing the skills to engage with your anxiety instead of work around your anxiety. Okay. Yeah. Because part of why you're anxious is because people are difficult. Yeah. 
And another reason why you're anxious is because you have a proven track record of not taking care of yourself around difficult people. Yeah. So your system is like, I don't trust you. And you're like, it's fine. We'll go back to the place where you were miserable last. And Mm -hmm. your system's like, I still don't trust you. And then we have a problem. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So I would add, if you're on like online dating apps, there is nothing wrong with setting up a first date in that kind of environment. If you think it's someone you just want to hook up with and you're not really that interested in outside of Mm -hmm. hooking up, that might be like a fun, random way to go to these things. Yeah. And actually like have a reason to be there. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause that gives you more of what you're looking for. And if there's yeah. no vibe, then you can be like, you know, there's no vibe. Yeah. And you know how to handle that. Right. You, you know yes, how to end yes. a date that yes, you're not definitely. into. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Venus square Uranus. I love yeah. it. Um, so it's integrating two things that you kind of love doing and you kind of hate doing in equal measure. So, yeah, that okay. Good. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. That's workable. That's workable. Yeah, no, I, I love the homework. I love the, um, everything you said. Yeah. One thing that I'm still curious about, um, because often when I want to go to these parties or these places, it's also, it's because I want to connect with people that are, yeah, that seem interesting to me or do interesting work or where I'm like, I think I would be inspired or am inspired by. So it's somehow, yeah, I really want to be at these places but at the same time I don't know what to do because it's it's not I don't feel yeah as you said like I don't feel connected to myself and not like really good yeah and there do you actually know that the people there do interesting work well yeah that's the question I I don't know um it they seem to me like they do interesting work but it's I don't really know them and I don't really know their what they're doing Right. And when you say interesting work, do you mean like artists? Do you mean like yes, activists? Artists. artists. Yes. Yeah. Artists You're an artist as well. Activist. Yeah. Yes. That, that looks like it's your sweet spot, artists and yeah. activists. So they may be there, but they're not there to be artists and they're not there to be activists. They're, they're, they're there to party. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of what you're trying to do is everything all at once, Sagittarius. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so you're like, I want to party. I want to meet people. I want to flirt. I want to know artists. I want to know activists. I'll go to this place and everything Mm -hmm. will be there. Uh -uh, No, and then work like that. So this is where I want you to separate out the desire to hunt and flirt, which is wonderful, from the desire to be around artists and, and the desire to be around activists. There's a Venn diagram where they're connected, but also they're separate, right? And then the desire to have fun and spontaneity and the desire to like do random weird shit. Um, they're all separate desires and they, they have an overlap, but in terms of connecting with artists, there have got to be like, I don't know, like a, this is like a regional thing, but like a vernissage, like an art opening where you can go and connect with people and you actually talk to people That is a place where you may be a little anxious, but it's a different kind of anxiety. It's not as bad. You're just like, oh, I'm Mm -hmm. anxious because everybody's anxious. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. yes. So there's that. There's being a part of social movements or activist communities. And that's kind of like, you know, it's pretty direct how you would get there. Right. Mm -hmm. It looks like you dance around these communities, but you haven't fully stepped into the communities. Yes. Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. So if you have a headache and you drink lemonade, There's no reason to assume that your headache will get better. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It, it's possible, but if your headache gets better after drinking lemonade, it's not because of the lemonade. It was a coincidence. Mm-hmm. And that same thing is true for meeting artists and activists at a rave. Mm-hmm. Like you can't count on it. You can't count yeah. on it. So this is where I want to give you like new social homework of mm-hmm. going to more art openings, going to more like whatever it is that is happening in your community where activists are, artists are, and doing that sometimes at night, sometimes during the day, mm-hmm. making connections. And from there, if those connections become more social, going out with them. Mm-hmm. Okay, and yeah. even if they want to go to the same rave, it will be a different experience for you. Yeah. I don't know that you're really a rave person. If I'm being honest, I'm so mm-hmm. sorry. All this fucking six house stuff. It's real rough on the system. Moon in the 12th house. It's hard to be in like any environment where people are really fucked up and not get fucked up as well, which yeah. is why you're using, even though you're like, this isn't fun. 100% of the way you're not, mm-hmm. it's not like there's one part where you're like, this is awesome. You're just like, why am I doing this to myself? Your 12th house moon isn't resilient in this way. Right. So that doesn't mean you can't party. It just means like, if you can do it once a month, pick a really fun time. Mm-hmm. Don't do it four times and be like, shit, why am I miserable? Yeah. Okay. Does that answer that question? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Great. Now I'm going to say a couple more things. So Dating, whether it's polyamory or non-monogamy or something else, right? I do see the desire for you to keep things open so that you can have various forms of intimacy with different kinds of people in your life. It's Mm -hmm. not just sexual intimacy. I think you like to have like flirting and and like snuggling. Like there's a lot of things you you really enjoy. Mm -hmm. You, You also have a moon in cancer opposite Saturn. And so- you also really want to be like important to one person yeah. and chosen yeah. and you like dependability and consistency. I do think you can have a successful relationship. I do not see these things at odds. Mm-hmm. All this means is you need to be a good communicator yeah. and to work on this pattern of abandoning yourself because with your birth chart, I think you could have a relationship, like a primary relationship with somebody mm-hmm. who is much more introverted, mm-hmm. who is somebody who is steady mm-hmm. and has their own shit going on, but mm-hmm. it's not super extroverted shit. Somebody that you can be your introverted self with. Wow. Yeah. And somebody who you can really trust and that mm-hmm. requires you to be dependable and reliable. Because you Mm -hmm. actually like that part of yourself, even though you judge it and you're very weird about it. I mean, I call it very weird because I'm a Capricorn, but um, you know, you're, you're not completely comfortable with that part. You can have that as long as you don't live in the same flat together, as long as you, I mean, I'm not saying you can never live with a partner. I'm just saying you don't want to. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if you did, it could be like, they're upstairs, you're downstairs. Mm -hmm. You know, you're at this part of the building. They're in that part of the building. Like that would work for you. You need space. You need autonomy. And that doesn't have to happen at the expense of having consistency and real commitments. It's not, it's not complicated if it's consensual and the right person to do it with, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think that for you, you have been struggling to accept your eccentricities. And so you haven't. And because you haven't accepted them, 
uh, you haven't found people who are a good fit because you're not yeah. presenting yourself as you are. You're presenting yourself as you think you should be. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And so this brings me to what's going on right now, which mm-hmm. is to say you are going through some very intense shit right now. Mm-hmm. Pluto is opposite your moon. And this is a once in a lifetime transit and it's a two year period. And it, it feels like it guts you, this transit. Mm-hmm. It's doesn't happen to everyone. So not everyone will be able to identify with this, but it's like you're confronted with your deepest emotional and innermost psychological patterning and you're being forced to heal. Mm. It's a bummer. It's also exactly what you need without this transit. I honestly don't think you would be ready to do the work of changing the stuff we're talking about because it's deep and it's related to your mom. It's like inherited issues. It's it's deep shit. And Mm. so the Pluto opposition to the moon this is a time where you're meant to do this stuff and it won't go well all the time. Mm -hmm. You will fuck up Mm -hmm. and that's not a bad thing. It's the process of healing. And I say this because I see that you can be quite a perfectionist. And if things don't go right, you're like, well, fuck it. They're wrong. But if things don't go right, it's an opportunity to investigate what that's about. Mm -hmm. A lot of the worst things that happen to us or a lot of the worst things that we do become the most healing events in our lives. A lot of them don't, but a lot of them do. And this is a period of your life where you do need to find ways of engaging with your emotions that are healthier and more sustainable. And it doesn't need to look like anything you've seen before. It can be your Mm -hmm. way, you know? Mm -hmm. Now on top of it, Neptune is forming a square to Mercury. This is another once in a lifetime transit that doesn't happen to everyone. And it's an anxiety machine. Yeah, I'm so sorry. So it like brings you closer to anxiety and uncertainty as you are looking for simple answers. Neptune's like, here's a simple answer that's absolutely false. And then you do it and you're like, what's wrong with me? Mm. So this is part of why over the last, I'm guessing like six to nine months, this pattern has become worse for you. Yeah. Because you know better but you don't want to accept it. And so you are like square peg round hole over and over again. And I want to say the lesson here is boundaries and it's boundaries with yourself as the foundation for having boundaries in your life. Yeah. And if you do the work, which I do believe you are doing and will do, but if you do the work of these two transits, what will happen is you will be in a really different place in the next two years than you are right now which is great. Yeah. Here's where it's not great. Let me, let me be honest. Oh. So sorry. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sorry. Is that you will then have outgrown your mom. Mm-hmm. And this is part of why you're dragging your heels. Not like you won't be able to have a relationship with her. It's not that it's that you will have progressed past some of her deepest shit that you actually can really identify with her around. And whenever we do that, unconsciously what happens is something in our like animal brain says, don't, then you're going to be alone. If you really heal this, you're going to be truly alone. You'll never find people who identify. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 There's going to be some internal resistance to the level of healing you're doing because you won't be able to recognize yourself from here once you're there. Mm -hmm. And that's what you want in your brain, but the heart and the body are like, I'm not so sure about that. What if it's worse? 
What if it's Mm -hmm. worse? So I want to just kind of like acknowledge all of these pieces so that you can work with them Mm -hmm. because there's going to be moments where you're like progress. Yes. And there's going to be moments where you're like, oh no, 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 no. Like I'm stuck or I've failed. And I want to say that being stuck and even failing are part of progress if we engage with it in a new way. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I guess the last thing I would recommend Mm -hmm. is have you ever taken 60 days off of all drugs and alcohol? Um, Yes. Great. Mm -hmm. And what was the last time you did that? Oh, I think it was during lockdowns. um, So last year, maybe. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I would encourage you to return to it. Mm -hmm. And that means if you want to go to the rave, you have to go sober and stay sober Mm -hmm. and it will be harder for you to lie to yourself about how unhappy you are, which will be great for you. You know what I mean? Uh, It'll be really helpful. You'll be more aware of why you're unhappy in those environments and then Mm -hmm. you can accept it. And once you Mm -hmm. accept things, it's much easier to work with them. So I would encourage you to fuck with that. And, you know, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work, but it's worth, it's worth doing not Mm -hmm. out of necessity, but out of choice. Yeah. yeah, I can do that. Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Cool. Mm-hmm. So I think we're at the end. Yeah. I am so happy we got to do this, Maria. It's been such Thank a you. pleasure. Thank you so much. Yes, it was so good to hear all those things. It really, I needed that so badly. And I was so happy when I um, read the email that you were going to answer my question. I knew I would like get really practical <laughs> things. And I love that. I really, really love that. Thank you so much. COVID-19 is raging again, and healthcare workers need our support. Consider donating to Emotional PPE at emotionalppe.org. They're an organization that provides any worker in healthcare impacted by COVID-19 free mental health services with licensed therapists. Another way you can help is by donating to your local general hospital's spiritual care department and to earmark that donation for staff support. Give what you can. What's a girl to say? This past week has been very intense. And last week, in my little preamble of the horoscope section, I discussed a bunch of stuff. Uh, Amongst the things I discussed was the bigger picture of the Pluto return. As the great American experiment proves itself to be a dumpster fire, Uh, which, you know, for those of us who are paying attention is not new. We've been smelling the smoke. We've been, you know, our shit's been burning up for a long time. And for a lot of people, it feels shocking and new. But either way, in the Pluto return, we are seeing violence. We are seeing the repealing of civil liberties. We are seeing a rollback on our individual freedoms and protections from church and corporation. It is bad and it is getting worse. We also last week, you know, within the horoscope had a lot of quote, easy aspects, sextiles and trines. And I want to just, you know, take astrology off the page with you, which is to say, when studying astrology, or a lot of times when astrologers are not consulting astrologers, they're not working with people, uh, primarily through their practice, it is easy to look at the way things are on paper, and assume that that's how they will be in practice. But life is messy. 
societal issues are messy. And so what we saw last week when so many difficult things, so many truly terrible things happened in the world when we were all going through these, quote, easy aspects, is that what sextiles and trines and astrology are referencing is a system functioning properly. So that system can be like an internal system in yourself. It can be a system in society and everything in between. And when we see a system flowing or, you know, creatively, dynamically moving, it is easy to want that to be a good thing. Just like when you see a challenging transit or aspect in astrology, it is tempting to assume that that is a bad thing. But what we can see really clear evidence of in the past week is that social and political conditions within the United States have not gone well, like at all. And this is because the system has been functioning exactly as it was set up to function. The system, as it was intended to work, is working well. And that's a pretty terrible thing. And so, you know, obviously, this is worth noting as citizens, because, you know, I know a large portion of folks who listen are in the U.S. or are Americans. But it's also really important to understand this concept as astrology students and astrologers, or even astrology fans, is that when things look bad, or when things look good or easy, that is an oversimplification. And it's, it's a kind of perspective that is lacking synthesis and nuance. So we need to really uh, ground ourselves into the systems in ourselves, you know, in our psychology, in our, in our hearts, the systems that we have for coping with things in our lives and in the world, the systems themselves that hold up societies, religions, and, and whatever ism you live in is functioning within. If these systems themselves are unethical, unkind, or cruel, then we don't want them to work well, right? This is really important because we are in really difficult times. And these difficult times are activated, and they're going to stay activated whether or not an astrologer talks to you about them, right? Like this is, we got a couple years on this shit. So when things go poorly in the world, it is really helpful to be inquisitive and to be able to say to yourself, if you have the privilege to be reflective, right? Like if you're able to do that, to be able to say to yourself, okay, the system is working. How is it working? What are the roots of this system? How are they set up? Because within that, there is kind of a, like a to-do list that can emerge pretty organically. And to that end, I want to talk about something else before I get into the details of this week's horoscope. And it's hopelessness because it is really hard to not feel hopeless and powerless and helpless right now because we're dealing with so much devastation around gun violence and uh, fuck any number of, of really racist, misogynistic, ableist, transphobic and homophobic shit. I mean, I'm confident I missed a lot of things. But I, I, I want to speak to this because, listen, it is easy to feel helpless and hopeless and powerless. And in some ways, we are powerless, right? You know, none of us individually have control over the world or even over our circumstances and how we react to things. But when we're dealing with systemic issues, it is very easy to feel crushed by the weight of them because, you know, what can we do as individuals? 
And so if you have been feeling crushed or helpless or powerless, I want to remind you that action is the antidote for anxiety. Now, of course, action is not the antidote for medical anxiety. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the anxiety about the world, about the climate, about, you know, gun violence, about whatever it is. Pluto is in Capricorn. You know, we're talking about the Pluto return of the United States. It is happening in the zodiac sign of Capricorn. And so it stands to reason that we want to get systematic. We want to get organized, right? In the face of problems, we can take different approaches to coping with them. We can take a slow build approach. We can take a quick acting approach. There's a bazillion things we can do. And if we're being honest, both approaches are needed. The only thing that we can't do, the only thing that's not good enough is doing nothing. And so what I want to kind of encourage you to do over the next weeks or months is to consider your nature, consider your resources and your circumstances. So not one, but all three of these things, your nature, your resources, and your circumstances. And based on these three considerations, strive to determine the best way for you to participate, right? So I'm not saying find the only way to participate. I'm not saying try to find the ultimate and ideal best thing to do. Because when we get perfectionistic, we get in our own way. We don't need perfection right now. What we need is masses of people, people of conscience, coming together and doing their part. So don't be perfectionistic here. You don't need the perfect thing. You need the thing that you can sustain that is effective and is effective for you to do based on, again, your nature, resources, and circumstances. There are revolutionary actions that you can choose to participate in. There are ways of working within the system that you may choose to do. There's a ton of momentum around mutual aid. And if you're somebody who's like, here's people talk about mutual aid and is not exactly sure what the fuck that means, I have linked a toolkit to understanding what mutual aid is in the show notes of this episode. There are so many ways of showing up and of helping. And that said, the old adage of thinking globally and acting locally is a good one to follow. I will say something about Republicans. Uh, They have been patient, systematic, and taken highly effective long-term approaches to creating the changes that they want to see in the world. Now, what they want to see in the world and what they're fighting for and, and making happen stands in opposition to all that is good in my eyes. But Regardless of that, this approach of not needing to see immediate uh, advances, but instead doggedly returning to working towards, uh, you know, shared ends over the course of decades, uh, being up the asses of politicians, writing letters, building community around their principles, all that shit's really effective. And it's also really slow. If that makes sense for your nature, I do want to acknowledge that In these times of tragedy, it can feel like you're doing nothing when you're doing slow bake actions, when you're doing things that are more of an investment that builds over time, right? That can feel like you're not doing anything, but it is something. And it's a really important set of somethings. And again, we do not all need to agree on the best way to show up and advocate for our needs and the needs of others. We just need to show up. 
What's important is to be generous, to be generous with your resources if you can, with your time and your energy if you can, and not all of us can, but if you can, and to make sure that your actions, your actions, not just your thoughts and your prayers, we love thoughts and prayers here on a Woo Woo podcast, obviously, but thoughts, prayers, and actions, we don't want to lose that actions part. So we want to make sure that your actions reflect your values, that you are actively participating in making the world what you want it to be. And that is slow work some of the time, you know, a lot of the time, but it can be done. And, and this is the, the last thing I'll say before we get into this week's horoscope. It can be done because the Pluto return is a time for transformation. And, you know, when clients come into my office and they're going through Pluto transits, the way I describe Pluto transits for years to to individuals, and it works for the Pluto return, is that if you imagine that you are a house, so let's say these here United States are a house. What the Pluto return is, is a bunch of big ass yellow trucks. And one of them comes and it knocks down the house. And the other one comes and it and it digs real deep under the foundation of the house and pulls up the foundation, pulls up the plumbing, pulls up the uh, electric, just pulls up everything. It guts the place where your house once stood. And then you get to rebuild. That's what a Pluto transit is. And so as upsetting, as terrifying, as devastating, as so much of what we've gone through and we're likely to still go through is, It is not only a time of oppression and repression of pain and suffering. It is a time where we can, we the people, we the majority can come together and strive towards healing. And healing means we don't just shift our problems. And it doesn't mean we just like pass the torch from one oppressive dirtbag to another. Healing means healing. So the capacity for us to achieve this in this period is incredibly high. It's incredibly high, but it won't happen without effort. We need to let go of systems, of attitudes on a more personal level, of relationships, ideas, feelings that no longer serve us, that maybe never served us. And that is painful. Pluto governs shame. Pluto governs reparations. Pluto governs violence, transformation, recovery, abuses of power, misuses of power, but also healthy embodiment of power. The transformational impact that power shared can bring. So we're all here for a reason. Like, what are the fucking chances that you're alive right now? I mean, you know, in a global context, like if you really think about it from a universal perspective, chances aren't super high. Here you are. And what are we going to do about it? That's all. That's all. What are we going to do about it? You don't have to find the perfect thing. Find the thing you can do and do it. Okay. Pep talk over. Kind of maybe, you know, maybe it wasn't that much of a pep talk. It's like a triple Capricorn pep talk, uh, which is to say hard truths, pain in the ass, real talks, get to work. That's how a Capricorn gives a pep talk. Okay. Okay. So let's talk about your horoscope. This week, we are looking at the astrology of May 29th through June 4th of 2022. And there's some shit to talk about. On the 29th, we have a Mars-Jupiter conjunction. Now, I talked to you about this transit last week. Uh, So much of what we have seen in the last week has been a result of the Mars-Jupiter conjunction. And this is, you know, the intensification of aggression, 
So Jupiter expands, Mars fights. Mars is uh, associated with aggression, ambition, competition, policing. Uh, and we've seen certainly in the U.S. some really fucking disgusting shit around uh, policing. And Jupiter makes things bigger. It expands. On the 29th, this transit will be exact. Now, on a personal level, this transit is really good for recovery, uh, for building up your body or your ego to expand, right? So this is about taking up space in a healthy way. This is about strengthening your body uh, and accessing your ambitions and your capacity for taking up space, getting shit done, right? This can be a very fortifying transit. It's also really good for hooking up and flirting, going dancing, like that kind of fun shit. Although, you know, it's still a pandemic. Hospitalizations are going up, deaths are going up, and cases are going up. Okay. Uh, yeah, wear a fucking mask. Mars conjunction to Jupiter can be a super spreader event because we're talking about all this Aries energy. And Aries is fire and it spreads fast. You know, it's a very pioneering zodiac sign. And so that kind of uh, pioneering, fast moving fire energy, it's not really what you want to play with in, you know, an airborne global pandemic. Yes, I'm not even mentioning monkeypox. You see where I'm going with this though, right? We can push forward and use all that brazen, uh, fiery, excitable, passionate energy to do what we want because we want it and because it serves us as individuals, right? Or we can be more considerate and use that energy to advance causes, to live in accordance with our philosophies and ideals, right? Jupiter. Unfortunately, most people will probably won't choose to do this because you're not being forced to do this. And this is why we love hard transits. That's why we love squares and oppositions. I know you think we don't love those things, but we do because unfortunately, while they do, yes, hand us our ass and they are difficult, they're also the thing that rein us in if we're going in the wrong direction, that teach us how to cope so that we can make better choices even when we don't have to, right? So that's the Mars conjunction to Jupiter. On the 30th, I have two important things to tell you about. The first thing is something called Mercury square to Saturn. Now, this particular transit, because Mercury is retrograde, uh, it's not going to hit exactitude. The last time this transit occurred was April 24th, right? So on April 24th, Mercury was not retrograde. It was, so it had a different vibe. But from the 30th of May through June 8th, we are going to be under the influence of the Mercury square to Saturn. Again, it will not reach exactitude, but it's real close um, around the 30th and the start of June. This transit is depressing. Literally, that's what it governs. Mercury is your mind. It's how you communicate. It's how you listen. It is your friendships. It's your DMs, your emails, all forms of communication right? And also your attitudes that you have and your beliefs that you have that's related to communication. And when Mercury forms a square to Saturn, which is reality and authority and obligation, and maturity and wisdom, what we can be confronted by is a scarcity mindset. And having a scarcity mindset when things around you are burning can be kind of catastrophic, 
depending on your nature. It can also help you to be a little bit more realistic as you feel like you're forced to cope with or to confront uh, what's actually happening here and now. Mercury square to Saturn can make you feel lonely, like you don't have people, like you don't know what to say, uh, like there's no hope, there's nothing you can do. Again, scarcity mindset, right? The positive potential here is that this transit can motivate us to research, to listen, to be humble, to investigate and communicate from a place of humility and personal responsibility. And we need more of that. My loves, we need more of that. So if in this, you know, just over a week long period, you're feeling especially down, I want to say this is a transit and like all transits, it will pass and there's a, a meaning to it. There is a value to it. Now, Mercury is retrograde at the start of this period, but it goes direct sooner than halfway through. It kind of drags out this retrograde vibe because as we know, Mercury retrograde follows the rule of reason. We are reflecting. We are reassessing. And a Mercury square to Saturn is kind of like an opportunity to step into the garden and take a, take a real gander you know, uh, really look at where you've planted things and whether or not they are thriving in those locations. And if they're not, to get out your shovel, dig them up by their roots and relocate them. And so while this is a bit more action based than Mercury retrograde is on its own, because this is starting in a retrograde, it's going to drag that dynamic through to the eighth, right? Within this, you have the opportunity, we all have the opportunity to engage with our own thoughts and our limiting self-talk, the ways in which we isolate ourselves from others. Uh, Maybe we get rigid when we are uncertain. We don't let others in when we desperately need to connect. This is a really important transit to pay attention to because from May 30th through June 8th, how you are experiencing this transit is great information for you to have about yourself. Now, in terms of social and political movements, it's a tricky one. Movements can be made, changes can be made, but it is through blood, sweat, and tears. You know, that's how this goes. And so if things are hard, that doesn't mean you shouldn't do them, right? If they're easy, doesn't mean they're great. Do what's right because it's right and not because it's easy, and not because you're getting immediate validation that it's, you know, going to work. Oftentimes in life, we are called upon to identify what we believe to be right and to do what's right when we are getting no reinforcement. If the only reason why we do, quote, the right thing, which, you know, open to interpretation, but if the only reason why we're doing the right thing is because we want others to perceive us as right and good, then we're not doing the right thing. Motivation is relevant. So look at your motivations, right? Look at your intentions. It is okay to be wrong. It is okay to be suffering and struggling. You don't have to do it alone. Being humble enough to ask for help, being humble enough to acknowledge where you have been wrong is valuable. It is really healthy to outgrow things, to evolve And Mercury square to Saturn is actually a powerful time for our evolution, but not a fluid time for evolution. It's the evolution that comes through maturity. And maturity typically comes through experiences. So be present with the experiences you're having. And through reflection and effort, you may actually 
be stepping towards abundance through this transit that puts us in contact with scarcity. I know it sounds paradoxical, but trust me, that's how this shit works. Now, the other thing that's happening on the 30th is a new moon in Gemini. Yay, new moons. We love new moons. Theoretically, we love new moons. This new moon in Gemini features the Saturn square to Mercury. Uh, Saturn is at 25 degrees and Mercury retrograde is at 26 degrees and 37 minutes. So it's not an exact square, but it's pretty tight. New moons are always a good time for turning a new leaf. They're always a good time for starting anew. They're always a good time for planting seeds and setting intention, right? Having a new moon in Gemini is a particularly exciting burst of energy and it's mental energy. Now you want to remember that the ruling planet to Gemini is Mercury and Mercury is retrograde. And so there's something uh, more internal about this particular new moon, which translates to us being uh, kind of in a good place for self-reflection and for planting seeds in our own psychology. Yes, it's a moon transit, but it's in Gemini, which is mercurial. So this is where it's important to look at our emotional wellness and our mental wellness. Now on its own, new moon in Gemini, fun, 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 till my daddy took the T-bird away, it can be real good. Unfortunately, we are living through messy times. And so this is a messy chart. And because we have this Mercury square to Saturn, we may see power struggles, we may see uh, restrictions, we may see people and you know, your people, so it could be you. Uh, but we may see people acting out unintentionally or intentionally placing blame on others about where we are at right? And so you want to watch out for that. A depressive or negative state of mind can empower us, can empower anyone to act like a dick. And that's not great. But most of the worst things that people do, they do because they're in pain, right? And if you think back to the worst things you've done, you probably were feeling like shit uh, when you did those things or, or living through a period where you felt like shit about yourself, this is where we tend to go sideways. Now, let's add to this, right? So Gemini tends to be a little all over the place, can get a little scattered. Uh, Saturn Mercury is a little too focused. It's kind of heavy hearted, heavy handed. And then we've got this Mars Jupiter conjunction. It is no longer in exactitude, but we are absolutely still feeling it. In fact, we're going to continue to feel this transit through the 2nd of June. Uh, but we're still feeling it here. The combo platter of this new moon, excitable new moon, with the heavy scarcity-minded Saturn-Mercury square and the Mars-Jupiter conjunction in Aries can have people feeling really defensive and really quick to, uh, to judge or react. We may see, uh, you know, reporting, like journalistic reporting uh, that is confusing or all over the place that is wrong. We may also not truly get to see it, but we may also find that journalists or news reporters are unable to publish their findings. So again, it may be like the system at large is tamping down on free speech and on our ability to share news. There is a risk of violence with this combination. It doesn't help matters that Pluto is forming a square to Venus. So we talked about that transit last week when it was exact. It is still active now, even though it is an out of sign aspect. 
with this transit, we have a, kind of like a struggle around values. Because Pluto's involved, that struggle is a power struggle around values. And so we may see violence emerge as some people try to abuse power uh, based on their value systems. We are living in a powder keg. You know, the world is in a powder keg right now. And what you can do about it, right, what you can do about it is to mind your energy. If you feel really reactive, yeah, don't get online. You, you know, don't, don't start shit with people. This is not the time to impulsively tell people what you think of them or get in the way of something that's not your business unless it is necessary. And, you know, who deems what's necessary when? I don't know. But uh, I will say pick your battles wisely. Pick your battles with integrity. Make sure that you are not projecting out your emotions or seeking to blame others or looking for a way to release your terrible feelings on a situation or a person that doesn't actually deserve it. This is hard work because when we're activated is when we are least likely to act right. When we're activated is when we act out. And so again, this is an important period for you. And in particular, this new moon, this date, which by the way, it's May 30th. It's exact at 4.30 a.m. Pacific time. So on this date, around this date, it is important to, as the saying goes, check yourself before you wreck yourself. Yeah, that's, it works. The saying works. Okay, listen, the energy is chaotic. It's a lot. It's a lot of energy. A lot of people are really activated right now. Within that, I want to just, you know, ground you into the energy that is likely to be at play so that you can do your best to be your best, even when you feel your worst. That's the best we can do. On a personal or a social level, you know, we can make great strides this new moon. Progress can be achieved, but the energy is really intense. And I do have concerns about, you know, this Mars-Jupiter conjunction in a time of war, because we are living through a time of war. I mean, honestly, there's, it's always a time of war somewhere. But there seems to be uh, a rash of conflicts occurring around the world. And I don't imagine it getting easier this week. So don't forget that a new moon in Gemini is a great time to be curious, to be inquisitive, to ask questions, to really listen to the answers, to do your own research if it comes to that, but to, to not make assumptions, instead to be interested and also to be adaptable, right? A lot of what's going on astrologically this week and on this new moon is not very adaptable energy, but a new moon in Gemini is powerful because it does support us in being adaptable. And in times of turmoil, we need that, right? So all that said, my loves, I got more for you. And it's, it's not a lot, but it's really valuable. It's really nice. On the 3rd of June, guess who goes direct? That's Mercury. Yeah, Mercury goes direct. It is good news for the damn people. It's good news for all of us. So Mercury is now in Taurus and it is direct. And that means communication will improve. Huzzah! But don't throw a party yet because we're going to be in the shadow period of the Mercury retrograde until June 18th. So, you know, things are improving. Communication 
is likely to get more streamlined. But, you know, until June 18th, it's still going to be a little bit of a thing. It's still going to be a little bit of a thing. So you can sign your contracts. You know, you can do all that kind of good stuff. But it's still likely to be a little bit of a bumpy ride as Mercury moves back through all the degrees that it was in when it was retrograde, right? So we're going to be revisiting a lot of the things that came up during the retrograde. This is helpful because it helps us to clean up whatever messes may have been created. But it's also annoying because it means everything's not like back to normal, whatever that means. Am I right? And my loves, uh, that's your that's your horoscope. In case you're not using Astrology for Days, my web-based transit tracking app, which you should be using, of course, astrologyfordays.com, or some other transit tracking app, I'm going to run through these transits for you one more time so you can take notes, put in your little calendar, and be ready. On the 29th, we have an exact conjunction between Mars and Jupiter. It's combustible. On the 30th, Mercury is not forming an exact square to Saturn, but we start to feel the effects of Mercury square to Saturn, uh, and we will feel them through June 8th. Also, at 4.30 a.m. Pacific time on the 30th of May, we've got a new moon in Gemini. And then on the 3rd, Mercury goes direct. And that's your damn horoscope, my loves. So this week is the first of the month, and that means I am dropping on my Patreon a bonus episode of Ghost of a Podcast where I delineate the astrology of the month ahead. So if you are the kind of nerd who wants to go deep with astrology and have a sense of what's coming up, follow me there. I also drop just tons of content on my Patreon because, and this is a true fact, I fucking love my patrons. I, I love my patrons, and it's kind of my happy, safe place on the internet. I'm a big fan and I really appreciate everyone who supports me there and I love getting to work with folks there. So if you're interested, join me. If you don't really want to join me on Patreon, that's cool. I am teaching a class June 4th. That class is High Times and Addiction in Astrology. It's going to be an exploration of drugs, substance use, and astrology. So whether that's something that's like personally interesting to you because of your own life choices, or uh, you're an astrologer or an astrology student, and you want to learn how to read that stuff in a birth chart and consult with people around it, join me. Uh, The link is in show notes. It's also in the ticker tape on my website. You can just click the link there and uh, yeah, join me June 4th. Or I guess if you can't come, that's sad, but totally cool because you'll get the recording sent to your inbox right after the class. So you can watch it whenever you want. As always, uh, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast. That's free. Write a review for the show or give me five stars. It does make a big difference and it is deeply valued. Uh, And thank you to everyone who's done that because it is really, it's very touching and I appreciate it. I just want to say one more word about this week. You don't have to get it right for it to be the right thing. Right? Right. Okay. Do your best. Keep on showing up even when it's hard. And that includes showing up for yourself by taking time for rest and play, whatever that looks like for you. Because life is a struggle. And we need to use our resources to find meaning and joy within that struggle. Okay, I'll talk to you next week. Bye bye. Every year they say the end is near, but we're still here.